Think your food supply is safe? Think again. Scary, scary story coming up. Faster internet than you could ever imagine. No, I mean ever imagine. And love. You know, we're big proponents of love on this show. Love does finally find a way. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Sup, Aldwin Wong. Thank you again for coming in and stopping by. Really appreciate that. Over there on uh, Twitch, welcome. Yeah, we are on Twitch Live. We're also on three other platforms. Our main platform is rumble.com. We love you guys, Rumble. Thank you so much. We get tons of views over there. Seriously, more than any other platform. And I am seriously considering because there are things I want to talk about that I can't because I'm on YouTube and Facebook. And while I have a tremendous amount of friends over there on Facebook and I love you all, um, there is consideration being given to dumping and just going with Rumble. So we'll see. At the moment, we're on four platforms and our podcast, which is the audio part of our show. We're on Facebook. We are on YouTube. We are on Rumble, of course, and Twitch.tv. So you can find us on any one of those. And wherever you are watching, please like and subscribe. Really helps the channel a lot. And it's totally free to you. We don't spam your inbox. You don't get a bunch of notices and everything. If you turn on the notification bell, it will send you a notification whenever we go live. I have mine on on my phone. And you see right there, it says, Jay Sheldon. 2023 food crisis. It's telling me I'm live. So I guess I better do a show. (laughs) In the meantime, unfortunately, she's not having a very good night again. Miko update. Yeah, Miko update. In general, Miko is doing great. She was relaxing, having a bit of, a bit of, Exposing herself to the aircon, <laughs> which is one of my favorite positions for her. And uh, there she was again. Uh, she was watching a video and then she got bored. So she just flipped over and went to sleep. Four paws in the air. Uh, she is, however, once again tonight, right here down beside me. I'm looking at her right now. And she's here because these a-holes with these freaking fireworks are at it again. The holiday is over. God bless you. Happy Deepavali. But that was two days ago. Get over it. You, I, I have not complained, at least not publicly. I've said some really awful things privately here in my house. But now I'm complaining publicly. Your holiday is over. Stop it with the goddamn fireworks. You are frightening my dog to death. No need. You want to blast them all on the eve of Deepavali or Deepavali night, knock yourself out. And by the way, yes, the same goes for Hari Raya. The same goes for Chinese New Year. You got a day of celebration. Enjoy yourself. I forgive you. It's been two days. It's over. Stop it. My dog is sitting down here shaking. Shaking. Because of you idiots. Stop it. Other than that, 
Miko's doing great. I was actually, Miko, would you like to come up here? Would you, no? Yeah, see, I was going to bring her on, but I don't want to give her any more aggravation. She's already upset enough, and uh, we don't need that. We need to... We need to care about our dogs. We need to respect our dogs. Aldwin says, can't get enough of sleep with all these fire... Yeah, really. Uh, my late dog was also afraid of fireworks. Most dogs are. You know, their hearing is extremely sensitive. Now, their sense of smell is like a hundred times what you and I have. But their hearing is also obviously hugely more sensitive. So if it's already loud and annoying to you, can you imagine what a dog who doesn't know what it is, is thinking. Anyway, we, uh, the reason I said we need to respect and love our dogs is because of this. The link is in our show notes. It's not our main story tonight, but I put it at the top of the uh, show notes tonight so you could check it out because I wanted to share it with you. This is from Nepal. And Nepal celebrates just recently something called Dog's Day. And it is a day uh, where they take a look at these pictures. If you're listening on the podcast, check out the link in our show notes. Uh, these are pictures from Nepal's Dog Day. It is a, uh, a celebration of dogs to honor them, service dogs and pet dogs. Uh, they are blessed. They are all of the typical, is that Hindu, I believe? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it is. Looks like it. So, you know, they're given the flowers and the uh, the, the, the colored uh, powder stuff and uh, wreaths and lays, as they say in Hawaii. Also some treats. And uh, the entire day is devoted... Oh, look at that. <laughs> the entire day is devoted to honoring dogs. And it is such a sweet thing that they do in Nepal. Look at that face. Oh. I hope the dog's not too afraid, but uh, I guess, obviously, since it's National Dog Day in Nepal, they would be treating everyone properly. Take <laughs> there you go. There's some doggies with uh, all, their, all their flower wreaths on. Absolutely beautiful. National Dog Day celebrated in Nepal. We like that a lot. Thank you, Nepal. I'll just bet on that day. There are no fireworks. Mm. <laughs> okay, let's move along here and get into the scary stuff. I'm telling you, it is beyond belief. This is from Zero Hedge, and the link is in our show notes. And it is beyond scary. Yeah, Halloween. No, thankfully, Halloween is not big here in Malaysia. Uh, well, you know that, all when you live here. Uh, there, usually, Halloween, there's not a lot of fireworks, if any. Uh, the big ones are the big three religious holidays, and then um, New Year's is another big one. Sometimes Christmas, but usually New Year's, of course. All right, from Zero Hedge, the food crisis, and not right now, but next year, 2023, according to this article from Tyler Durden, is going to be far worse than most people would even dare to imagine. He writes, I am trying to sound the alarm about this as loudly as I can. The global food crisis just continues to intensify, and things are going to get really bad in 2023. 
As you see below, two-thirds of European fertilizer production has already been shut down. Currently, uh, currency problems causing massive headaches for poor nations that need to import food. Global weather patterns continue to be completely crazy. And the bird flu is... Here we go again, killing millions upon millions of chickens and turkeys all over the planet. On top of everything else... This ridiculous war in Ukraine is going to restrict the flow of agricultural and fertilizer exports from that part of the world for some time to come. Because there is no end to the war in sight, in essence, we are facing a perfect storm. Global food production and that perfect storm is only going to get worse in the months ahead. You know, one of the things, I'm a big Twitter user these days, by the way, and thank you for those of you who followed me, appreciate that. Uh, I post a uh, link to our show on Rumble every time we go live. So if you're here because of that, thank you for that. Um, (laughs) There are a few people that I follow that are constantly updating, yeah, time to store up more food this year. Mm, Not a bad idea, all the canned foods, things like that, stuff that will last. I'm telling you, that sounds like tin hat, tin foil hat kind of stuff. It ain't. Read this article in our show notes tonight. You will, you will know how it's not tin foil hat stuff. Um, it's scary. Stored up sausages—they're not going to last. Maybe in the freezer, but then what if your power goes out? Anyway, um, the world is at risk of yet another year of record hunger as the global food crisis continues to drive yet more people into worsening levels of severe hunger. You know, you don't think about it because your Nasi Lamak stall or your McDonald's is open and you can go get food whenever you want to. That is not the case in a lot of places around the planet. The global food crisis is a confluence of competing cries uh, caused by climate shocks, conflict, economic pressures that's pushed the number of severely hungry people around the world. Listen to these numbers. This is for this year. From 282 million people to 345 million people in just the first months of 2022. The UN World Food Program scaled up food assistance targets to reach a record 153 million people this year. And by mid-year, they had already delivered assistance to 111.2 million people. The author of this article says, it's only the beginning. Eventually, billions of people, he's predicting, that don't have enough food to eat on a regular basis basis. In all my years, I've never seen hunger spread so rapidly. In fact, large numbers of people that are now now facing starvation in the backyard of the United States. Hello? Yeah, in your backyard. The UN warning hunger in one of Haiti's biggest slums is at catastrophic levels. Gang violence, economic crises push the country to the breaking point. 20,000 people nearly in the capital's impoverished Chile Soleil area. Uh, Dangerously little access to food, 
could face starvation, according to the U.N. Across Haiti, almost 5 million people are struggling with malnutrition. Haiti is facing a huge humanitarian crisis. But most people in the West won't care. No, seriously, just be honest about it. You won't give a crap until you miss a few meals and you go hungry. Unfortunately, that day might be a lot closer than you imagine. Right now, a whopping two-thirds of all fertilizer production capacity in Europe has already been shut down because of the skyrocketing prices of natural gas, because, you know, this whole World Economic Forum bullcrap and trying to cut down the use of fertilizers and giving... Uh, farmers have been protesting. That was my point before, by the way. There's a couple people I follow on Twitter who post all... They're from Europe and uh, around in that area, and they post almost daily these protests that are going on from farmers, people who grow your food, because they're being forced out of business. We have a food shortage and a worse one coming, and these idiots are trying to force these farmers out of business. By hook or by crook. Oh, for the for the new green deal, whatever crap. There is no new green plan. It doesn't exist. It is unsustainable. But you just keep believing what you believe. Do you know, I, I read this. You're not going to believe it. It's absolutely true. I should have put the link in our show notes. Electric cars, electric this, electric that, batteries. You think we can just shut off fossil fuels and go all electric and windmills and all the other crap. Do you know how much battery power we have to run the planet if you combined every single battery available right now? If you took all the batteries, car batteries, you know, the electric car batteries, if you put them all together, you know how much, how long we would be able to run the planet for? 11 minutes. 11 minutes, and then it's gone. So, you think you've got a future in electric whatever, cars, etc.? It ain't going to happen, folks. We're not there yet. Maybe one day, but that day ain't now. And this fertilizer problem, these farmers being forced out of business when we're facing this kind of an, uh, a hunger problem, planet-wide, it's just going to get worse. And this article talks in depth about that and the causes of that. And I cannot encourage you enough to go over and check out the link. It's in our show notes, which is our description down below. And read up on this topic. If you don't think this is going to affect you, think again. The day will come. You don't miss many meals now, I'm sure. But the day will come. And it might come sooner than you think. Here's another brilliant article. Links in our show notes. It's actually just a couple of pictures. But uh, this is a, uh, a high-tech electric lawnmower. Or should I say, this was a high-tech electric lawnmower. Until its battery caught fire. 
And now it's a former high-tech electric lawnmower. Well, I guess now you don't have to cut the grass. Yeah. Did you see also, by the way, the electric cars that were burning up because they were flooded out during that last hurricane in Florida? Hmm. Nice, huh? Keep at it. Your system doesn't work. We are not ready for a new green deal because the tech doesn't exist yet. But you just keep eating the sandwiches and drinking the Kool-Aid. Here's another great piece of news just broke today. It's just, again, it's just words on a page, but I wanted to share this with you. The New York State Supreme Court has reinstated all fired unvaccinated employees and they have been ordered to give them back pay. Yes. Yes. That says the state violated their rights, acted arbitrarily and capricious, notes being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from either contracting or transmitting COVID-19. And the New York State Supreme Court has reinstated all the people who got fired because they refused to get some experimental vaccine. And on top of that, ordered them to be paid their back pay. Yes, things are going to change. It's an election coming up November 8th. Oh, things are going to change. And I cannot wait for that day. All right. Speaking of things that are going to change, how's your internet service? Wait a minute. Let me just check on my little girl, okay? Forgive me for a second. Miko, you doing all right? Yeah, she's okay. Fortunately, we haven't had a boom in a little while. I mean, the unvaccinated employees could always get another job. No, in fact, a lot of cases, they couldn't get another job. And besides that, there was no reason for them to have been fired or let go or whatever In the first place, since the reason for requiring them to be vaccinated is because it prevented COVID and prevented the transmission, both of which have now been proven to be completely untrue. So, and the New York State Supreme Court said so. There you go. Uh Aha. All right. Oh, man. I love the album. Okay. Here we go. You ready? Internet speed. Uh, You know what? I have a normal internet here. I have Wi-Fi, of course, and fiber optic. And somehow, I have never had an issue. I use one particular brand. I've used it for 20 over years. My handphone, or as you say in the U.S., cell phone, uh, uses the same company. And I have, I've heard all kinds of horror stories about this company and how horrible they are and how terrible their service is. But I will tell you, you know what? I'll just tell you, it's Maxis. If you don't live in Malaysia, that means absolutely nothing to you. But And I know you can tell me all the horror stories you want. I'm sure that they're true, and I'm sure you've had those experiences. I'm telling you my experience. I have never had an issue. My handphone, cell phone works. Great coverage. Never have a problem. My internet is good and strong enough that at the moment, I've got about five different devices connected And this live show going out through my Wi-Fi. 
and it's screaming. I'm very pleased with uh, with Maxis, and uh, yeah, and it's not terribly expensive either, I might add. In fact, if you do the uh, the USD to Malaysian ringgit, it's like about uh, 50 cents. So, no, no, it's not, but it's damn cheap. All right, this story popped up. It's amazing. I, oh, I love it when things like this happen, and this better come to reality soon. I know it's preliminary, but record-breaking chip can transmit the entire Internet's traffic. Now imagine that. Billions and billions of people on the Internet. It can transmit the entire Internet's traffic per second. This is unbelievable. A speed record for data transmission using a single light source and an optical chip has been shattered again. We did this story just about two months ago. Well, that record has now been broken again. Engineers have transmitted a blistering rate of data, 1.84 petabytes, that's peta with a P, per second, almost twice the global internet traffic per second. Of all the internet traffic out there at any one given moment in time, this is almost twice all of that traffic in one second. 1.84 petabytes. Hard to overstate just how fast that really is. Your home internet's probably getting a few hundred megabytes per second. If you're really lucky, you might be on maybe a one gigabyte or even a 10 gig connection. But one petabyte is a million gigabytes. A million gigabytes. Can you imagine? More than 20 times faster than ESnet 6, the upcoming upgrade to the scientific network used by the likes of NASA. And this is faster, 20 times faster than that. All kinds of information about this test that they just did, this record they just set. It's in our show notes, the link. Do check it out. It's a damn cool story. And if this is the kind of tech that's on the horizon, rather than your electric cars, useless pieces of junk. Sorry, Elon, but it is what it is. If this is the kind of tech we're looking forward to in the future, bring it on. All right. In our last show and several shows now, I've brought you stories. about. They were mainly here from Malaysia, but they apply worldwide because I see the same problem happening all over the place. And they are these idiot people who are single, and I don't know why I'm single, but here's my list of requirements for finding a boyfriend or a girlfriend. You have to be handsome. You can't be overweight. You've got to have a good job. You have to make at least X amount of money a year. And one of the things that never appears on that list of requirements is love. And like I said in our last stream, That should be number one on your list. It doesn't matter if you're poor or whatever. The number one thing on your list, finding a future husband or wife, boyfriend or girlfriend, is that you love the person. Well, I had to share this story. Links in our show notes, and it is exactly 
what I was talking about. This is from World of Buzz. Thanks, World of Buzz. We love you. Link is in the show note. Give them a click. Singaporean man who went to a Taoist temple to pray for love turns around and finds love. And there is a picture. Take a look. When I turned around and saw her, I knew she was the one. You see, that's what I'm talking about. A good relationship, often hard to come by. It's not easy to meet someone who's willing to compromise and accept you as you are. What did I tell you? That being said, many people would then turn to religion and maybe pray that they meet the one. Well, according to the China Press, just recently, an amazing couple tied the knot just four days ago, and their love story was definitely heartwarming. Uh, According to her the husband, I was 20 at the time. I went to a temple located at Lorong Kuchai-Sheng Hong to pray. Just seconds before I met her, I went to pray for wealth and a lifelong partner. And as he turned around, he met Jiang Huyi. He immediately knew she was the one. As it turns out, Huyi was working at the temple. He could not resist the urge, so he went over to the counter where she was working and spoke to her. Uh, Rishi, who spoke fluent Mandarin, mentioned that it wasn't all that easy. It took five years to finally start dating Huiyi. When we first met, I was 20, she was 24. She thought I was too young to date. And it took five years of courtship before she decided to give us a go last year on January 14th, 2021. He then mentioned whatever, uh, whenever he was free, he would always head to the temple so that he could chat with her and ask about his fluency in Mandarin. He said he picked it up over the years by just listening to his Chinese friends speak. Love knows no bounds. Take a look at that. How about that? Uh, As Hui Yi's dad was the director of the temple, her dad made a request to the Taoist Federation's chairman uh, to officiate the ceremony together with their family and relatives as witnesses Their inter-ethnic relationship was blessed by love and the support they received. Yes. Yes. Two yeses. (laughs) That's amazing. That is such a great story. And there's a picture of this couple who, it wasn't about money. It's not about what your job was. It's not about how you look necessarily. It's about love as it should be. Take that to the bank. (laughs) All right. I think we cleared it all out, didn't we? We did. Which would mean it's time to move on to our book. We read books on this show, and we're damn proud of it. We have done all the classic books. We did The Wizard of Oz and one of the first streams we ever created around here, 281 streams ago. Uh, We've done Peter Pan, The Little Prince, uh, 
Winnie the Pooh, uh, you name it. We've read so many classic books here. We read them either a chapter or part of a chapter at a time until we get all the way through the book, and then we start a new one. And a few streams ago, we started with Bambi, which was originally written in German by Felix Sultan. And uh, we are continuing. We're up to chapter eight in the adventures of Bambi. And actually, it follows the, uh, most people know Bambi because of the Disney animated film way back in, I think it was the 60s. Um, But this book really does follow that story pretty well. So we're going to move on with chapter eight of Bambi. Another night went by. And the following day, something else happened. The sky was cloudless, and the morning was full of dew and freshness. All the leaves on the trees and the bushes suddenly had a more vivid scent. The meadow breathed the air in broad waves and lifted it up to the treetops. Peep, said the little tits as they woke up. They said it quite quietly, but as it was still twilight and the sky was gray, they said nothing more for a little while. For a time... There was silence. Then the raucous, rasping sound of a crow came from high up in the air. The crows had woken up and were visiting each other in the treetops. The magpie answered straight back, Shack, karak, shack. Can you believe this? I'm still asleep. And then hundreds of calls. Here, there, far, near, tentatively began, Peep, peep, too, these sounds still had something of sleep, something of the twilight about them. And yet, they were actually all quite distinct from each other. Suddenly, a blackbird flew up to the top of a fir tree. He flew right up to the very highest, thinnest point, reaching up into the air. He sat high up there and looked out over all the other trees, near and far, while the pale gray sky still tired from the night, began to glow in the east and come to life. And then the birds began to sing. She was only a tiny dark spot. If you glimpsed her from the ground in the distance, her little black body looked like a wilted leaf. But her song spread out over all the forest in great celebration. And then everything came to life. The finches struck up, and the robins and goldfinches made their voices heard. Pigeons rushed from one place to another, wide, flapping and wishing of their wings. The pheasants shouted out loud as if their throats would burst. The sound of their wings was gentle but powerful as they swooped down to the earth from the trees where they'd been sleeping. On the ground, they repeated their metallic, bursting cry many, many more times, and Then they would coo gently. High in the sky, the falcons called out in their sharp and joyful, Ya, ya, ya! The sun had risen. Dew, dew, rejoiced the oriole, as he flew back and forth between the twigs and branches. His round yellow body shone in the beams of the morning sun like an exhilarated ball of gold. Bambi! stepped under the big oak tree in the meadow. It sparkled in the morning dew, had a scent of grass, flowers, and wet earth, and it whispered of the thousand lives it had led. 
There sat Bambi's friend, the hare, and he seemed to be thinking about something very important. There was a haughty pheasant there walking slowly. He pecked at the stalks of grass and looked carefully all around himself. His dark blue neck sparkled in the sunlight like a jeweled necklace. But close in front of Bambi, there stood one of the princes, very near to him. Bambi had never seen him before. Had never even seen any of the fathers this close up. He stood there before him, very close to a hazel bush, and still slightly concealed behind its twigs. Bambi didn't move. He hoped the prince would come out fully from behind the bush, and he wondered whether he could dare to speak to him. He wanted to ask his mother, and glanced around for her, but his mother had already gone ahead, and stood a long way away with Auntie and Ina. And just then, Gobo and Feline came out of the woods and ran into the meadow. Bambi did not move, but wondered about what he should do. If he wanted to get over to his mother and the others, he would have to pass by the prince. He thought that that would be unseemly, so so what? He thought, I don't need to get my mother's permission first. It was the old prince who spoke to me first, and I didn't tell my mother anything about it. I will speak to the prince. I'll see if I can. I'll say to him, Good morning, your highness. There's nothing about that that might make him cross. And if he is, I could just run away. Bambi wondered whether he'd made the right decision, and it kept on making him feel unsteady on his feet. And now the prince stepped away from the hazel bush and onto the meadow. Now, thought Bambi, and just then there was a loud clap of thunder. Bambi recoiled, didn't know what happened. He saw how the prince jumped high in the air in front of him and saw him rush past him into the woods. Bambi looked hard all around himself. He felt as if he could still hear the thunderclap. He saw his mother, Auntie Ina, Gobo, and Feline, some way away, had fled into the woods. He saw his friend, the hare, rush away in a panic, saw the pheasant run away with his neck stretched out in front of him, and he couldn't understand what it could all be about. The prince lay there. A broad wound had torn his shoulder open. He was bloody and dead. Don't just stand there, came a shrill cry from beside him. It was his mother who was running at a full gallop. Run, she called. Run as fast as you can. She did not stop, but rushed on, and her command pulled Bambi along with her. He ran with all his strength. What is that, mother? he asked. What is that, mother? His mother gasped for breath and answered, That was him. Bambi shuddered, and they ran on. Finally, out of breath, they stopped. What do you say? P please, what do you say? Called a thin voice from above them. Bambi looked and saw the squirrel hurrying down to them through the branches of the tree. I jumped all the way here beside you, he called. No, it's terrible. 
Were you there when it happened? asked Bambi's mother. Well, of course I was there, the squirrel replied. I'm still shaking from it. All my limbs are shaking. He, he sat upright, his magnificent flag against his back, showing his slender white breast and pressing both of his front paws against his body to reassure himself. I'm, I'm quite beside myself with fear. Oh, I'm afraid too, and it's made me quite numb, said Bambi's mother. I can't understand it. None of us can. None of us saw anything. Really? The squirrel became excited. You're wrong there, you know. I've been watching him for a long time. So had I, called another voice. It was the magpie. She flew up to them and sat down on a branch. And me, called another screeching voice from even higher up the ash tree. There was the jay sitting there. And from the very tops of the trees was a pair of crows who cawed angrily. We saw him too, they interjected. They all sat around in earnest discussion. They were exceptionally agitated and seemed full of anger and fear. Who, thought Bambi, who have they seen? I did everything possible I could, the squirrel assured them as he pressed both his forepaws to his heart. Really, everything to bring him to the attention of the poor prince. So did I, the jay screeched. I don't know how many times I shouted to him, but he just didn't want to hear me. He didn't hear me either, said Magpie with a laugh. Ten times it was called to him. Just I was going to fly over to him. I thought myself, well... If you can't hear me, I'll fly over to that hazel bush just where he's standing. He's got to hear me from there, but that was just when it happened. But my voice is louder than yours. I did all I could to warn him, said the crow in a bitter tone. But you posh lot never had enough attention to birds like us. Yes, never enough at all, agreed the squirrel. We do what we can thought the magpie, but it's not our fault if somebody's unlucky. He was such a handsome prince, the squirrel lamented, and in the prime of life. Ach, the jay screeched, if he hadn't been so standoffish and paid a bit of attention to us. He was certainly not standoffish, the squirrel contradicted him. The magpie added, nah, no more than the other princes like him. Stupid then, the jay laughed. You're pretty stupid yourself, the crow called down from above them. You can't talk about being stupid. The whole forest knows how stupid you are. Me, retorted the jay in astonishment. No one can accuse me of being stupid. A bit forgetful sometimes, but I'm certainly not stupid. Suit yourself, said the crow, now serious. Don't forget what I just said, but bear in mind it wasn't being haughty or stupid that cost the prince his life. It's because you can't get away from him. Ah, screeched the jay. I don't like talking like this. And he flew away. The crow continued speaking. There's even a lot in my family who's he's tricked. He kills anyone he feels like killing. There's nothing we can do about it. You've just got to keep a watch out for him the magpie added. Yes, you certainly do, said the crow sadly. Cheerio! She flew away and her family went with her. Bambi looked around. His mother was no longer there. 
What are they talking about, he thought. I, I can't understand everything they're saying. Who is this he they're talking about? It must be that he that I saw in the woods that time, but he didn't kill me. Bambi thought of the prince whom he'd just seen lying in front of him with a bloody, shredded shoulder. He was now dead. Bambi walked on. The forest was again in song with a thousand voices. The sun drove its broad beams of light through the treetops, and everywhere was light. The leaves began to steam high in the air called the falcons, and here close by a woodpecker was laughing out loud as if nothing had happened. Bambi did not become cheerful. He felt under threat from something dark. He couldn't understand how the others could be so gay and carefree when life was so hard and so dangerous. At that moment, he was gripped by the desire to get a long ways away from here. To go deeper and deeper into the woods, he felt the urge to go to a place where the trees were at their densest, where he could find a corner to slide into, a place surrounded by broad and far and by the most impenetrable undergrowth, where he could not possibly be seen. He didn't want to go back out into that meadow. Something gently moved in the bushes beside him. Bambi was greatly startled. And there, in front of him, stood the elder. There was something twitching in Bambi. He wanted to run away, but he took control of himself and remained. The elder looked at him with his big, deep eyes. Were you there when it happened? Yes. Bambi said quietly. His heart was beating so fast he could feel it in his mouth. Where is your mother? the elder asked. Bambi answered, still speaking quietly. I don't know. The elder continued to look at him. And you're not calling out for her? Bambi looked into that venerable ice-gray face, looking up at the elder's majestic crown, and suddenly found himself full of courage. I can be by myself, too, he said. The elder looked at him for a while, and then, softly, he said, Are you not the little one who, not so very long ago, was crying for his mother? Bambi felt ashamed, but continued to be courageous. Yes, that was me, he admitted. The elder looked at him in silence. and It seemed to Bambi those deep eyes were watching him with more tenderness. You told me off for it, Elder Prince, he exclaimed, for not being able to be by myself. I can do now, though. The elder looked at Bambi examining him, smiled very slightly, barely noticeable, but Bambi did notice it. Elder Prince, he asked trustingly, what happened back there? I, I can't understand it. Who, who is this he they're all talking about? He stopped, shocked at the dark look that bade him to be silent. They said nothing for a while. The elder stopped looking at Bambi, stared into the distance, and then he said slowly, Listen for yourself. Smell for yourself. 
Watch for yourself and learn for yourself. He raised the crown on his head even higher. Farewell, he said, and then nothing more. And then he had disappeared. Bambi, dismayed, stayed where he was, wanted to give up hope. But the prince's farewell was still in his ears, gave him some comfort. Farewell, the elder had said. So he wasn't cross with him. Bambi was filled with pride, felt that he'd been lifted out of something that was formal and serious. Yes, life was hard and full of danger. Let it bring whatever it wants. He would learn somehow to bear all of it. And slowly, he walked deeper into the woods. That's chapter eight. We'll move on to chapter nine coming up on our next stream. What a great chapter. Wow, wow. All right. Uh, as usual, a post book, we've got a long dissertation from our number one fan, Aldwin Wong. Let's check it out. The word woke was originally a positive thing, basically defined as the black version of the word based. The reason why the word woke was viewed as a negative is because white liberals used this word to view their immoral behaviors and bad education as a positive, while at the same time the white conservative would label anything that's anti-white or pro-black under the white liberals' bastardized definition of woke. Black empowerment is positive wokeness, not Negative wokeness. Okay. You said your piece. Nowadays, being woke means going broke, for the most part, as a whole bunch of companies have found out, used in that context. So, you and I, you know, I should have you on as a guest on the show. We should bring you on live. We'll stick a camera in your face and you and I will chit-chat because there's so many things that we... We agree to disagree, sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't, but no matter what, it's always interesting. And no matter what, I would hope that even if I don't like or agree with what you said, you don't like or agree with what I said, as I always say, we can agree to disagree. And that's the whole point of having discussions. That's the whole point of being able to say what's on your mind without being edited, without being censored, whether you agree or not. You have an absolute right to say it, which is why if you say something here in our chat, no matter who you are, not just Aldwin, anybody, as long as it's not, you know, bad words and the kind of stuff that obviously wouldn't be allowed, I'll read every chat that I get, you name it. As you see with Aldwin, he always comes up with something interesting at the end of the show like this. And uh, yeah, cool. Uh, so let's have that discussion, shall we? Anytime. I'm on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday nights, 10 o'clock Malaysian time, which is 10 a.m. on the east coast of the U.S. Although, when do you set your clocks back? Or have you already? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, 
Yeah, that's going to do it for us tonight. Wow, long show. We did about 50 minutes. Very cool. I will see you again on Saturday night. Enjoy the rest of your work week. Thank you so much for stopping by. Be sure, please, click that subscribe or follow button and check us out on our main channel, which is rumble.com. Just search for The Jay Sheldon Show. Click subscribe. That's it. It's free. Sign yourself up for a free account over there. Until Saturday, this is the Jay Sheldon Show. Good night. Snort. <laughs>